Okay, so you realize sports are back. Save 40% now on The Athletic. Do not miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. If you go to theathletic.com slash leafreport, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports, as you've probably noticed, are back, and you won't want to miss the breaking stories from your favorite teams, Leafs, Raptors, Jays, anything you want. Go to theathletic.com slash leafreport for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. Okay, James, game one is in the books. How do you feel about that? Pretty much what I think we kind of thought was going to happen in some ways. Yeah, that looked exactly like the Leafs' worst nightmare, that game. <laughs> like that looked, that looked exactly why I didn't like the matchup with Columbus. And I think, uh, you know, I, a lot of people in Toronto were underestimating what the Blue Jackets were going to do. And a lot of people were talking like the Leafs were an overwhelming favorite in this series. I don't know. <laughs> They're they just they just can't play against teams like that very well. They just can't. Every every time we see them play a team like that, they just they can't figure it out. So this is a good test for the Leafs. This is this is what the playoffs is. Zach Hyman said it after the game. You're gonna play a lot of teams like this. You're gonna struggle to find space. You're gonna have to create goals. Uh, through, I called it landmines in, in the neutral zone and the defensive zone. Uh, this is a pretty extreme example of that. I mean, Columbus, they almost look like a trap team there for, I mean, it, it essentially was a sort of a neutral zone trap there. Um, and they collapsed down low in their zone more than I've seen any team do that all year. I don't know if you noticed that, but, um, you know, the Leafs would have the puck and they would just have five guys like, below below the top of the circles sometimes even below the face-off dots like they were just like packed in front of the goaltender it was uh it was a master class performance by uh by john tortorella i mean he he got those and, and the thing too is columbus is big and they're fast you know they can people were talking about the leafs are going to outskate them or whatever like this columbus is not a slow team you know they're young and they're fast and they're hungry and they listen to everything tortorella says and what he's telling them to do is is not give them anything. Yeah, and, and you noticed uh, that the Leafs got to a point where they were just having to fire point shots and hoping to get garbage through, and and, and that's probably how yes. they're going to have to score. And you can even see it on the heat map. But I, I would take issue. I, I read your story, and I would t- I did take issue with one thing. If I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm actually okay with that kind of game because the Leafs actually, if you want to look at this from a positive perspective for them. They played like the kind of game that you need to play to win against a team like Columbus. And they did have chances to score. They didn't give up a ton. They didn't draw. They only drew the one power play. That's not great. Yeah, but Jonas, you can't, they can't be outchanced. I don't know by that Columbus. they were outchanced like, by Columbus. I, like, I know some of the numbers say it's, it's, it, it might be. I think the better chances. Of- okay, you can't be, you can't be even. You can't be even with Columbus then. I mean, like they were outshot pretty considerably. They took more penalties. They, I mean, I, it was close, but like I just 
I, I feel like the Leafs should have more zone time and more opportunities than Columbus. Like, they're the better offensive team, right? Like, there's no disputing that. They're the better offensive team. They should have the better offensive opportunities, and they should spend more time in the offensive zone, and they didn't. And I mean, things change, James. Like, like you, you can, you can. These these games are so close. Like, Robertson almost scores on his first shift. He scores that goal, and like the game, the tenor of the game changes. Uh, Matthews had a couple good looks, but like ultimately, your advantage in this series, if you're the Leafs, is like that firepower. And Matthews was excellent. And even though he he faced Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski for half the game. He was perfect, like uh, in terms of like what you could expect from him. But the rest of those big guys, like Marner, was very quiet. Nealander was very. Matthews had six yeah. six shots on goal, right? Like he, I mean, he was around the net. And the thing too is his line did not have a lot of zone time. No. Like they did not have. I like to see his line mates be better. Like I thought Nealander had really nothing going. Like that's uh, not the game. the game you want from Nealander. Nealander was not. Other than the pass where Matthews got the good yep. one time shot from. From the slot there that that was that was the biggest thing that Nylander did in the game but I I thought you know this should be the kind of series that Hyman excels in and he should be able to retrieve the puck and get in there and he just he didn't look as fast as he normally does and he just I, I don't know I mean they're gonna need a they're gonna need a slightly different game plan I don't think you go back my, my point is is, is you got to be careful about going into a series with Columbus and trying to play like Columbus and trying to play Freddie Goche and Cody Cece and 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 you like I I think that they were too worried about what Columbus was going to bring offensively and not worried enough about bringing themselves what they are offensively that that was my concern in this series is that you can talk yourself into trying to play the same kind of game and the Leafs are just not going to be very good at that yeah there's a, there's an argument to be made I mean we were texting last night and you, you made the point that putting Tavares Marner and Mikheyev is more a better defensive line and that you kind of don't really need. But like, I mean, Sheldon Keefe isn't like crazy about matchups like Mike Babcock would be. And uh, Austin Matthews ended up facing off against the Dubois line anyway. Um, so I wonder what uh, Sheldon Keefe will do in game two. Like there, this is really new ground for, for Sheldon Keefe in NHL playoff series. Um, do you break up? Matthews and Neander and go back to Matthews and Marner. Do you change up the D? Like, let's start with the, the forwards. Like, you advocated uh, putting Marner back with Matthews. You think that will be the thing that gets Marner going? Is that kind of your thinking? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And you, you, like, they're going to need something from that Tavares line because he's not yeah. getting the Jones matchup. And I know that that Gavrikov and Savard. Gavrikov is actually, you know, a lot of people I talk to in Columbus, you know, analysts and organizational people, and they, they really like Gavrikov, and they feel like he's they, they've got these guys on Columbus that are that you don't know about, that are just they're really really strong defensive players. You know, Riley Nash is one that I know. I mean, people know him from some other places, but he's he's a he's a canvas guy, so I watch him play sometimes and. It's just a phenomenal defensive player. I mean, they, they got, like I said, they got these guys that are big and that can skate. Gavrikov's another one. You know, he was one of the best, if not the best, defensemen in Russia. Uh, won a gold medal with the, the Russian team in 2018. 
comes in as a rookie and uh, <laughs> I thought he looked great. Like So like it's not like just just when Jones is out there you're going to have trouble doing anything in the offensive zone. It's they, They've got some other guys that can do the same thing. Gavrikov's almost like a like a much better Marinchin <laughs> is kind of what he is. On the broadcast, they were saying that they call him the octopus. Like he's just he, he just takes up a lot of space. The advantage you have when you have Tavares and Matthews is like your one-two, is that somebody's getting not a number one pair and not a number one line. Like someone is not getting the toughest match, and like that's your advantage because then what you ideally want to happen is Tavares and Marner in that situation to burn you anytime Jones and Warensky are not on the ice. So that then if you're John Torrell, you have to think, oh shit, do I have to now change up my matchup? And then that opens up opportunities for Matthews. Obviously that didn't happen in game one. And that's, that's gotta be something that they exploit. And and even the, the Kerfoot, Kapanen, Robertson line, like they had some opportunities and they were kind of rolling a bit early but that's another advantage. Like you, you kind of. That's why, like Robertson was so, like we called this very early. Why they should have him in their lineup because he just presents a threat somewhere else that you can exploit. But man, well, I mean, yeah. like you said, he almost scored right off the bat. So I mean, but I didn't notice that third line really in no. the back half of the game hardly at all. Like they, they, they seemed. They were doing lots of kind of like one and done. Like you get into the offensive zone and you're all by yourself and there's no support and then that's it. You know, that had seemed to keep happening over and over again. And I, like I said, this is going to be a really, really hard test for the Leafs. I could see them losing no, the series in three games, on. to be honest. I mean, is this like, overreaction it, Monday? I think it is. I just, I don't know if they can figure this out or but not. You're, but you're, that's, that's suggesting that they didn't have any chances to score. Like they, they, very well could have scored and like let's let's point out what happened frederick anderson has to stop that shot has to like he was excellent in the game he still has to stop that shot and if he stops that shot maybe the game the tenor of the game changes and you score first and things change but like that shot can't go in a minute into the third period it just can't i'm of two minds on that i mean like you can't expect to win a game with no goals right so like no but you can't always have the second best goalie in every game in every series like you just can't Corpus Al was better. Anderson also made some saves in that game that were really, really good. For sure. Like especially yeah, after sure. after that goal, I mean the the I thought some of the saves he, he like he prevented some. Anyway, I like I I think the Leafs gotta kind of like try and be who they are here more than they did in game one. You know, so I think you go Marner with Matthews. You don't you don't like like the reason why I liked Mikheyev or whoever with Tavares and and Marner in the past is that that's a really good defensive line. And we saw against the Bruins in in round one last year that they had some performances where they really limited the Bergeron line. Uh, Game five comes to mind. I don't think you really have that challenge here against Columbus. Like, I don't think you need a really, really strong defensive forward line to do the matchups. And the other thing, too, is that Matthews has made huge strides in terms of his defensive game. So, like, if you do have to, you you know, that he could potentially be... I'm not sure that that's what it was, though. Like, I'm, I'm maybe that's not what it was. I mean, what what had happened before the pause is the Matthews-Marner combination went stale. Mm. And so in the last game before the pause, he broke them up. He put Matthews back with Nylander. And obviously, that's something he continued. But I... I I do agree with the premise, and the reason I do is because I kind of think 
Neolander, I like Neolander better in some respects when he plays with Tavares. I think he's just more involved. And so suddenly if you get Neolander playing with Tavares and Mikheyev, let's say, they're not going to be facing Seth Jones and, and Zach Wierenski for the most part. So maybe that creates some space for Neander to get going. But like, man, Seth Jones is like, a, he's a monster. Like he's, not only is he huge, he moves like someone, like he, he's so mobile and he's so big and he takes up so much space. Like you yeah. can see why he goes as high as he does. And like, there's all that potential and why people think he'll win a Norris trophy. Like he was something. I mean, the fact that Matthews had one shot when he was on the ice against Jones and Wierenski tells you something. Jones is one of those guys that, I mean, what is he, 6'4"? And, and the way that he can skate, he's one of like the new breed of like Frico players that <laughs> that can move like a much smaller player. Um, yeah. I, I know some of the analytics folks are down on Jones a little bit, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. I mean, to me, when I watched Columbus, he looks like one of the best defensemen in the league. I wonder if their system or something is maybe potentially limits how good his kind of expected goals results are and some stuff like that. But, I, I mean, I think he's a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. Um, and then you get him with Rensky too, who's also pretty good. And the, the one thing I noticed is that they were generating some offense, too. Like, they weren't afraid to pinch in. And, you know, there were times yeah. where Wierenski and Jones were deep in the offensive zone and so it's it's not like they're just just defensive, which is which is kind of more what the Gavrikov and Savard pairing is like. To to come back to Marner just briefly, what I think is sort of interesting about his year is you never really totally felt like he was going like he normally is. He seemed very was frustrated, like some, right? Like he just seemed. Yeah, there was something a little missing there. People I don't are know saying what, it was yet, the, like the numbers are great. People were saying. It was the contract and stuff, but I mean, it can't still be that. I mean, that was so long ago. Uh, I feel like that is something in the background there. There is like the pressure like, he's putting on himself or something. I don't know. It it, it kind of felt like that. Um, how do I put this? You know, when they say like uh, you kind of grow up with something like that, mm -hmm. it almost felt like that was like a little bit of a shake to him, where it's like he was criticized maybe for the first time and like the market wasn't totally friendly. Now that now he's probably basing that off social media, which is not a great way to, to base your reaction, but it kind of soured him a little bit. Uh, and he never like the way the season started where he comes in just a little bit late to camp. He's kind of like, he gets the contract he wants, but like there's, there's more criticism. There's more pressure. He doesn't get going with, with Tavares right away. He gets hurt. Like it just never felt like it was, I don't know, happening. And the, the zip that he kind of normally has hasn't always been there. Uh, but maybe, like, you, you put him with Matthews and you get some of that out of him. Yeah. I mean, I know they love playing together. I know that, like, they... I, I, I think it could potentially kind of really energize them and they'll look at it as... Yeah, that's a good as, way to look at it. Energize them. That And that's what they need right now. Like, that's... It's not It's not like that's going to solve everything. It's not like you... It's not like you switch up those forward lines and... And the game's going to look completely mm. different. I mean, I, I could just, you're right. Like, you know, now that you mention it, I mean, there definitely were some games like that California trip and whatever, where you had Matthews and Marner playing together and they just, you know, they'd have like a 35% possession mark and they just didn't seem to really do anything. And, but that's, that's the line they used a lot of the season together. Marner played yeah. a lot of his minutes with, with Matthews. And, and if you look at, 
they they were really good together. You know, expected goals and all those kinds of things when they were on the ice together were really, really, really high. So that's, I don't know, to me that's kind of an example of dance with what, what got you there kind of thing. Because when the Leafs were playing their best hockey this year, that was the line. Well, I did find it not surprising, but Keith did play the crap out of Matthews. Obviously, barely used his fourth line. You mentioned the, the fourth line doesn't. Would they really, have three minutes? Really given you much? Yeah. Yeah, it was like three, four minutes for for all those guys. Um, so maybe you're right. Maybe you put Pierre Engvall in there, get a little more speed, try a different look. I mean, you could even go like full the other direction and just like bring in. I don't know. They're not going to do that. Um, what about the defense? Obviously. The Leafs didn't give up a ton. Obviously, Columbus isn't going to score a ton or generate a ton. Uh, but the Cody CC Morgan Riley pair did not work well. This was a fear of yours. I think it was probably a fear of Sheldon Keefe. You would break it up right away? Yeah. I mean, I, there's not a lot of time to screw around here. Like, I think if it's a seven-game series and you come back with the same lineup and say, I believe in this group and whatever, then I understand. But there were a couple of things that just weren't working, and... We, we talked about this on the podcast. Remember the podcast you and I did, the preview one? Like just, yeah. I mean, what was it, last Wednesday or I think? Yeah, it was after the exhibition game. And we talked at length about it just, Riley and CeCe don't have good chemistry together. Like it's just, there's just, I don't know. I don't really understand why they keep pushing. And the other thing you notice, like CeCe played less and less as the game went along. I, I think that the Leafs have to be a little bit more proactive. I think they have to try and get the first the game's first goal. I think they have to try and open up the game a little bit. I think they have. To well, f- they are trying. That's silly. Come on. Yeah, but you're not not trying to get Jonas, the first goal. What do Jonas, you Jonas, I think they have to try harder to get the first goal. I mean, like, like it's they played them to a stalemate through the first two periods, and like if you're playing CC for a, a on one of your top pairs, he's not going to help you get that first goal. So like I, I like I think no, but you're expecting your forwards your highly paid forwards to get you that first goal which they yeah but it's all like a against a team like this there. against a team like this it's got to be like a symbiote right like you got to have they got to work together you got to have like the the defense penetrating and breaking in and and breaking up that neutral zone attack and you got to have the forwards working with them and that's not really cc strength so I mean, okay, I, CC by period played six fifty nine in period one, five fifty five in period two, three thirty four right. in period three. Well, it looked like there was a lot of Barry on the ice late in the game, and I was surprised he didn't seven forty in the third period. And what did he play in the first two? Four thirty four in the first, six fifty nine in the second. So his ice time went up. CC went down. Well, like, what did you think about how Barry played? Like, I I didn't notice him a lot in the early in the game, and I just thought late in the game he was at least getting them in the zone and like getting like I mean they weren't like the best offensive chances of all time, but at least he was making the. I right... I thought that pair was fine. Yeah, but but like I mean they had ninety percent zone starts like they're and they're playing against the third and fourth lines like they're not they're not being asked to do too much, and I guess that's the question um, you have to ask yourself if you're Sheldon Keefe is if Riley and CC were getting hemmed in and cycled and cycled, why is it going to go better with Barry who really struggled with that very thing when those two play together? I guess the idea is you'll play offense more right, and get out of your zone easier. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what they should do. Like, I, I don't know what the, the right. Well, would you is run back? Like, the, would you run back the exact same lineup? Would you just say we were, we were close and I was sorry, like Keith was Sheldon Keith was very calm and very unmoved by 
the result and what he saw. And I thought he was like a little bit more complimentary of what they did than I thought he was going to be, but could also be like a don't show panic stylistic kind of thing. I mean, the reality, the Leafs got to win three of the next four games. Yeah. Which is not easy. No, I think I would, I think I would make the one change with coach with coach. Hey, I'm not sure that that changes really anything. It just gets a little more speed out there. But I think I'd leave the pairs for now. What about and what, um, what about the what about the lines? Like what about Marner and Matthews? I think that well, I guess that the I think I would change that. But the risk is like you're kind of panicking a little bit after one game, and that's kind of the message it, it does send to your team, where it's like one game you don't score, and it's like oh shit, everything is on the table. But the converse side of that is they have. They, he has put into place kind of this culture that I'm not going to be afraid to change things, be on your toes, be ready for things to change. And those two lines have kind of been interchangeable throughout the year. They've mixed and matched constantly and did so throughout camp. So I don't know that it would send that signal, but I think if like you change all the lines and you change all the pairings, I do think it sends a little bit of a, a panic kind of message. And I'm not sure that that's what you want. Yeah. But I mean, like I'm talking about, I'm talking about things that everyone's seen and I don't know. I, I would just, leave the D and I would change the forward lines. Yeah. Man, you liked CC better than I did then. Holy cow. I mean, I thought the one penalty... The first... No, that's no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Well, then no, why are you no, leaving no. it together I, then? Because I don't... I, I, I'm not sure that the alternative is, is a better solution. Yeah, they're like, and that's like part of the question. Their life's on the line here. Like, Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not... The problem is I'm not sure you're going to get the result you want with, with Riley Berry unless you're going to give... Like, if you look at, at the way that the, Sheldon Keefe used his D, uh, Riley and, and CeCe got the most defensive zone starts. Okay, so if you're going to take that apart and you're going to put Riley with Barry, who gets those? Who's getting those D zone starts? Well, someone who can break the puck out at least. Like, like yeah, they were getting a lot of D zone starts, but they didn't do anything with them. Like, they couldn't, they, they just, they were sitting around in their own end a lot of the time. I just don't. But I guess. The, but I'm asking you: Is that going to go better with Tyson Berry, who is? Well, no. I Muzzin and Hall deal. are going to have to eat the D zone starts. I mean, that's what that. But they did. They did. There's only so much they can do. Like they, they were, they were second. Like it was like eight D zone starts, I think, for Riley and Cece, and seven for Muzzin and Hall. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's this goes back to what we talked about on the last podcast. This is the. It could be the fatal flaw of of what they did last summer and not getting the right kind of defenseman. And and that right kind of defenseman is what they need and what they don't have. I just, it feels like going into the game scared or passive or something to like continue to think that CC is going to be the answer for you. But I mean, like like the problem is, is that the problem with that is that they really haven't, they haven't tried a lot of other things. (laughs) Um. They they just no that's not fair. They, they didn't try the one thing which you have been suggesting for like I'll give you that for, they have not tried for like three years. Dermot Riley, yeah, yeah. But but to be fair to them, to Mike Babcock and to Sheldon Keefe, like Travis Dermott was like just coming into the league and and before the late surge, like he was not having a great year. He was coming back from the shoulder surgery. It, um... So maybe what you do, James, I don't know. Let me t- let me ask you how you feel about this. Maybe what you do is you move Dermot up and maybe you just bring Martin Marincin onto your third pair and just have Marincin and Barry give them easy matchups. Marincin's not going to, you hope he's not going to hurt you. You hope, I don't know, like, how do you feel about that? I don't think it's the craziest thing I've heard today, although it's pretty early in the day. 
<laughs> I think maybe I'd do that. I'm not sure I'd do it yet, but I think that would be my fallback. Imagine they did that. Imagine today they, the lines come out and Marinchin's out there. Yeah, I mean, you can see that special teams is not going to be a huge factor in this series, really. Like, is it can be like you if you're the Leafs, you need to draw more than one power play. Yeah, and do something with it. That was like their power play had one chance, and one chance is one chance. But they didn't they didn't generate anything, and that's like to Columbus's credit, they kept them to the outside. Like you could see, like the Leafs were just like circling around the edge and couldn't get anything inside, and that was the same case at five on five. Columbus is a really good penalty killing team. We talked about that in the preview too. Like they're number one in terms of limiting chances against. They're just big and they cover lanes really well. And but the reason I say that special teams might not be a factor in this series is that Columbus doesn't take a lot of penalties. Like they just don't. I heard a lot of people going into this series talking yeah. about how gritty they are and all this stuff. And it's like they were one of the lowest hitting teams in the league too. It's not. It's not about using their. I don't know if that's. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's what people mean, myself included, because I probably use that. I, that's not what I mean by grit. I mean like kind of sticking to a formula. But some people like seem like talk about them like the Bruins, like oh they're gonna like get them off their game with oh. like their physical play, and they're gonna get them off their game with just like frustrating the crap out of them by being just like completely boring as hell. Like it's to your point, James. The fewest penalties taken in the league this season, the Columbus Blue Jackets, two hundred. Yeah, like they're not. The Leafs are not gonna get. They're going to max out at getting... The fewest penalties drawn, James? Leafs? No, they're not. They're 28th. I don't know. Is it Columbus? No, it's the New York Islanders. I wasn't trying to test you. But I know Columbus, but I know Columbus hasn't drawn a lot of penalties either. Like, it's just... They just they and the Leafs, I think, are 1-2 in the league in terms of time during games spent on either PK or PP, I think. They're, mm-hmm. they're both way up. I, I do think, James, it's like an interesting philosophical thing, like... Mike Babcock was hammered for not changing enough. Um, and Sheldon Keefe is obviously shown to be the opposite. But in a five-game series, there's like a balance you have to strike in that, to your point, you can't really wait that long. But you also don't want to like shake up the, the what is it called? What's that, Etch-a-Sketch? Is that what it's called, where you shake it up right away? Yeah. But you, you don't have time. I almost like I, I I think what I do for the defense at least is I would leave it, and if you're seeing the same thing happening in game one or in game two with Riley Cece, then I switch. I don't know what that means though, because then you'd have two right shots on your third pair, so I don't know. But then if you lose game two and then you're changing things, I don't, I don't know. I just like, I I don't totally agree with your your overall premise. I'm okay with that game if I'm Sheldon Keefe. Like, well, I, he was okay with it. You're right there. You you're zero zero going into the third. Now is that Columbus's style of game? Yes, but Columbus loved that game. Like that's what they want to do. That's what they want to be. Okay, so my only response, James, is I'm actually if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm sort of okay with that. If I'm Keefe, that's what I was expecting. Like, I'm expecting that kind of game. And it's 0-0. Like, you're right there. You have you have the best shooter in the world right now on your team, 0-0. He, had, he hit one off a crossbar. Uh, if you can get a little more from Nylander and from Marner and Tavares from that core that you're paying a lot to, I mean, maybe you win that game. Like, I'm not as I'm, – I'm kind of okay with that, um, but – those guys have to be better and like i don't know it's hard to hit frederick anderson but like you you kind of need to be the best goalie in a game i feel like i'm 
being simplistic in saying that, but I also think it's true. Like, it's a playoff series. It's close. Anderson was actually better than I was expecting he was going to be. Like, I didn't see any kind of, like, the jittery or, like, I didn't, like, I don't think he, he didn't look like, I should ask you this before we go here. Did you see, you were in the building, I was watching at home. Did you see anything that wouldn't have been on the broadcast that stood out? Or, you know, was there anything you picked up from the environment of being there? No, I, I guess the one thing you do lose, um, but every team is losing this, is you lose, but if you're Toronto, you lose that home crowd energy. Yeah. And obviously, in the first, if it's a normal first round, the Leafs aren't the, they're the lower seed. And so maybe that's less of a thing. But like, I've just been thinking if I'm, I, I watch Marner and Matthews in the warmups, and like, you can see that they get going by the crowd, and the crowd like kind of, hypes them up and like you can imagine walking onto the ice um to start the game and like the crowd's going and you feed off that energy that's completely gone i know on tv like i I watched the games the other day and it looks mostly the same but in the building it does not feel the same at all no it is just it's bizarre like you were there on saturday james like it feels like you're watching a scrimmage between or you're watching like the best possible version of men's league there is. Dude, That's it doesn't it even feel like. like that, man. Because like it, you're in this huge arena, it it feels like very, I don't know. It feels like a bad sci sci fi movie or something. Like it just like they've built these huge stages and like and you watch on TV and they don't look the way they do in person. In person, they're massive. Like they're these like it just yeah. it looks really weird and it feels really weird in there. And you got a whole section to yourself, and it's just like. There's, it's got to be a little bit unnerving to some of the players. Like, I don't know if they're all... I know they're saying that, like, it's fine when you're on the ice and whatever, but, like, I don't know. The one thing that I've heard players say is that the difference when you have a crowd is that when you're on the bench, you're kind of, like, looking around at the, you know, like, the atmosphere and you're soaking that in. But when you're playing, you're not really focusing on that. And there, I think if you're on the bench here, there's just, like, it's the... <laughs> it's like you're playing in a big parking lot. Like, it's... I, I don't know. Bruce Arthur, James, I was talking to Bruce during the game, and he said it's like almost like you're you're on a TV set watching yes. a TV show get recorded, well, and that's basically Have what you it seen is. the movie Running Man? It kind of reminds me of like, like it's like a game show or something, like in the future when like there's a pandemic and no one can go anywhere, and like the game show is the NHL, and here it is, and it's like that's the world we're living in right now, and... Running Man is. Have you seen that, Jonas? It's it's a famous book. And no, I'm just looking. It we up. should watch it. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's great. It's like a great '80s action movie, and uh, but it's a game show where they they get these these inmates and they have to compete basically. But it's kind of like that. It's like turning the NHL. I mean, I know the NHL is normally a TV show, but when there's no fans, it's it's all it is is a TV show, and they've turned the arena into like a set. It's it's, it's so strange. <laughs> yeah. Okay, James. So we will. We'll be back to talk about game two. Um, so that's Tuesday afternoon. Um, so Tuesday, late Tuesday night, I think we'll probably record. And so yeah. everyone can check back after that. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how the Leafs adjust. This is going to be a really interesting series because it is so short. Well, thanks for reading and thanks for listening. And if you're not subscribed, theathletic.com slash Leaf Report. All right, James. Peace out. Peace out.